Amen and amen. I hope you hear the heart of your shepherd today. I don't know if I'm going to get through all of my message, but I really don't care. <laughs> uh, you'll get enough. Uh, just reminds me uh, of this Thursday, we have uh, glory nights. And if you haven't been to a glory night, it's a night really where we just pursue his presence. I call it prayerful worship. And uh, I'm just telling you, if it, we're doing it once, once a month on purpose in this season because we don't want to put so much on everybody's plates where it just becomes, oh, it's that. Oh, it's that. But I could tell you, oh, no, it's that. Yeah. And you want to be here. It's a time, listen, it's a time just to encounter him. It's also our desire really is to create room for the Holy Spirit. We're calling it a Holy Ghost lab. You see, the problem is, is we believe a lot of things, but we don't create room for them. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we don't create room for those gifts to be presented to us. And so the glory nights is worshipful prayer, but it's also a time to really step out in a safe place. How many know, how do I know if I can prophesy if I've never tried? How do I know if I have a word of knowledge if I never tried? If I never create, see, see, we expect everything in church to be perfect, but we leave no place to practice. And listen, God wants us to give room and, and give people an opportunity to step out. He wants us to grow in the gifts. He wants us to be activated in the gifts. He really does. God wants to see, come on, how many know he wants to see miracles? There's a gift of miracle, have a gift of healing, right? The gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment, right? But we want to make room for these things. And so if you, like, if you like that kind of a setting, I want to encourage you to come. But we're asking God, again, to get, help us get him right in this season. How many want to get God right in this season? And listen, the way we get God right, again, is to gaze upon his face. Come on, to gaze upon him. How many know when you gaze upon him, come on, come on, it's in his righteousness, right? He shows us, a lot of us, listen, we don't want to gaze at God because we feel like, come on, he'll show us everything that's wrong. No, 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 that's not it at all. When you gaze upon the face of God in spirit and in truth, he shows you everything that's right. And listen, everything that's wrong just falls off your life. Come on, everything, come on, that's got you held down just begins to break off of your life. Everything that's, come on, put uh, up against you and resisting you. Come on, how many know when you gaze upon God, you break through? Listen, when we gaze upon the face of God, come on, God makes it right. And that's what we're talking about. We're asking God to tear down every lie and set every wrong thing right. See, some of you have been, you've been living, listen, you've been living on the wrong side of things. You've been living as a victim. You've been living 
as though, listen, that God can't correct or heal what happened way back when. But how many of you know, listen, when we gaze upon the face of God, God will make it right. He takes everything, come on, according to his plan and purpose, and he turns it into good. And our view of God, who we believe God to be, what he is like. Listen, in this season, I can't tell you this. I could preach this series to the end of the year. And guess what? We still wouldn't scratch the surface on everything that he wants to reveal to us. But where he is taking us as a congregation, where he's taking us as a body. Listen, we have to have a greater revelation of who he is. A greater revelation of who he is. Why? Because our knowledge of God's character and nature determines what we think, how we think, how we act, how we worship, what we believe, how we live, and how we invest our entire lives. Listen, a lot of us are investing our lives, listen, in things that are temporary, and listen, God, there's nothing wrong with, with those types of things. But listen, don't leave eternity out of the equation. Come on, how many know we're storing up? Come on, riches in heaven. You see, when we have a revelation of God's attributes, when we gaze upon the face of God, how many know his attributes become our absolutes? That's absolutely true. Everybody say, absolutely true. There is a, a lady by the name of Sarah Workington. Many of you know her. She is on our prayer uh, altar ministry team. And she is just an amazing woman of God. I've just gotten to really know her, uh, especially over the last several months, just seeing her walk out this certain circumstance uh, in her life, and recently they removed a cancerous mass from her body, and they got it in time so it didn't get into her lymph nodes or, or anything like that, but they still said uh, to make sure that we eradicate uh, all the cancer, you have to go through 15 radiation treatments. That would include second and third degree burns and some other side effects. And so recently we've created a critical care list and, and Sarah was on that critical care list as far as we're just calling, praying, checking in on her. Um, again, she's very active in sack healing prayer. So she prays for people every week. And so we, we pray, I called Sarah, prayed for her. I didn't expect to see her. Listen, I was like, hey, take as long as you need. Don't be in a hurry on the way back. She said, I'm not going anywhere. She says, I've got prayer appointments. She's like, people need, I've got, I've got people to pray for. I'd say, well, well, you know, just, you know, as a pastor, you know, take it easy. Don't, you know, Zach Healing's got some other prayer ministers. They're going to be fine. She said, well, I'm not going to miss any. And I'd see her in the office and I'd say, Sarah, shouldn't you be resting? She'd say, one down, 14 to go. 
She'd come in again. We got her some balloons just to encourage her as a staff. And, and she came out there and, and she'd say, 10 down, five to go. Just a couple of weeks ago, last one today. I called, I called Sarah last night because I, as I was preparing, I just felt, I felt moved to call her and ask her if I could just share uh, her story. And I said, hey, tell me what, how? I don't know about you, but if I went through 15 radiation treatment, I'd probably be a big baby. But I said, how? How did you show up? How did you not miss a prayer appointment when you easily could have just said, you know what, guys? I'm checking out for the season. I'll see you in a few months. I'm going to go through a difficult time. She said, well, number one, she says, I pray for no side effects. Okay. I said, you pray for no side effects. She said, yeah, you should read the sides of these bottles. You don't want anything that these, side of, uh, that these bottles say that you could get. So I just pray against the side effects. I said, well, what, what else? And she says, I asked God, what are you singing over me? <laughs> I said, you ask God what he's singing over you? Yeah. He said, and God God just leads me to a song, and I just play it over and over and over and over. I get it in my spirit, and I sing it everywhere I go. Come on, she wakes up. She's singing the song. Come on, she goes to the grocery store. She's singing the song. She's getting her radiation treatment. She's singing the song. I said, well, what song is that? I want to hear the song. She said, Fires by Jordan St. Cyr. I said, who? And I looked up the song, and she says, yes, I, 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 just, I just get it in my spirit. And I, so I looked up the song, and it, I want to just, I want to sing it over you. I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to say it over you. We'll leave the singing to Pastor Brandon. Says, I remember how you told me that life may not be easy, and everything that I need, you have already given to me. I remember how you told me I can trust you completely. So why am I doubting when you proved that you'd fight for me? You walked me through fires, pulled me from flames. If you're in this with me, I won't be afraid. I'm changed by your mercy, covered by your peace. I'm living out the victory. Doesn't mean I won't feel the heat. I can face anything because you're here with me. I can do all things because you strengthen me. Listen, she's got her eyes on the attributes. And because she has her eyes on his attributes, they are becoming her absolutes. God, you absolutely will see me through these radiation treatments. God, you absolutely will see that I will experience no side effects. God, you absolutely will carry me through the flames. You see, when we have a revelation of him, he becomes absolutely true. He is not a God that he should lie. What is an absolute? I looked it up in the dictionary. An absolute is defined as ultimate reality. Come on, how many you know there's, there's a reality that we're experiencing here? Come on, there is a reality, right? 
Come on, and we all have different things that are happening in our lives. Some of us are struggling in our relationships. Some of us are struggling personally. Some of us are struggling with our our jobs. Some of us are struggling in different areas. That is a reality, but there is an absolute that is an ultimate reality, and that ultimate reality begins and originates with God. There is an ultimate reality that supersedes our reality. An absolute is something that is always true and accepted as fact with no arguments against it or conditions necessary for it to be true. This isn't in my notes. Is that all right? For though we walk in the flesh... 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, woke up with this verse on my heart. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Listen, the life that God is calling all of us to is a spirit-fueled life. We will not accomplish it through fleshly efforts. We will not accomplish what God wants to do in the church today through his bride. Listen, through our own efforts, through our own ideas, through our own plans, it will not happen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Listen, this morning, what is arguing against your purpose? Come on, what is arguing against your perspective? What's blocking your view of a good God? What's blocking your view of a loving God? What's blocking your view of a God of grace? What's blocking your view of a compassionate God? What's blocking your view of a God of justice? Absolute truth is truth that is objective, universal, and constant. Come on, God doesn't let off the gas on his absolutes. They are constant. That's why you and I can't run away from the love of God because his love is constant for you and I. Come on, how you know his love will chase you down. And my favorite definition is absolute truth is that which is true for all people, for all times, for all places. Listen, truth doesn't change when the year changes. Truth doesn't change when culture changes. Truth, come on, stands the test of time because truth was before the beginning of time. He's the Alpha and Omega. And when God's attributes are my ultimate reality as a believer in Christ, I walk in my God-given authority. This is what Sarah was doing. God, what are you singing over me? What are you singing? What are you saying over me? Just start right there. God, what are you saying over my life? Come on, how do you know God isn't speaking down to you? Come on, he's calling you to higher places. He's calling you to your destiny. He's calling you to your purpose. 
When God's attributes are my ultimate reality and I'm walking in my God-given authority, my confidence in God is not shaken by the crisis. My confidence in God is not shaken by the chaos. My confidence in God is not shaken by the confusion. Listen, my confidence in God, listen, is developed. My confidence in God is based on the character and nature of who he is. This is what changed my life. Listen, this is why I'm still serving the Lord 30 years later. Because he is who he says he is. And he can do what he says he can do. My life, our lives, is a reflection of the revelation of his character and nature. And that is he is absolutely true 100% of the time. A hundred percent of the time. He doesn't take time off of who he is. He never takes time off. He is eternal. Amen. The ultimate source of truth is God. Listen, I don't want you to hear a message of truth today. Listen, I want you to encounter truth today. And I'm going to give you four points just really quick. I'm going to give you my message really fast, and I don't know how far I'm going to get, but I'm going to find a place where the Holy Ghost say, this is good right here, all right? (laughs) But listen, God is absolute truth. He is absolute truth. You can get this, the notes on version or at rlcsac.com. He's 100% truth. Secondly, God sent us absolute truth. John 1 says that Jesus came. Come on. Jesus came, and when he came, come on, how you know, so did grace and truth. Three, every believer, every believer, come on, has the spirit of truth in them. Every believer has the spirit of truth in them. And lastly, every believer is equipped Come on, with the word of truth. Every believer is equipped with the word of truth. Why is this important? Listen, God is not trendy. He's truthful. He's not developing or changing like a trend does. He is truth that stands the test of time. Truth is timeless. It's unchangeable. It's objective. It's not influenced by my feelings or my opinions. Now, a lot of times in church, especially, we get this mixed up. We get tradition and truth mixed up. But how many know traditions can be a good thing, and they can be a part of a healthy culture. But listen, truth is grounded in Scripture. Listen, things will change. Listen, there'll be things that'll change. Traditions can change. I remember uh, at a church I was on staff at, they did a certain event at the same place for, I'm talking like 30 plus years. And the place got, the, the campground got so expensive. But because we were so stuck in our tradition, we couldn't see having that event anywhere else until God showed us a new place. And listen, some of you are stuck because you can't see where God wants to take you. But you need to, listen, you need to listen and lean in to what he's saying. Objective truth 
is rooted in the nature and character of God and transcends the opinions of any subject considering him. So what's that mean? Listen, wherever there's an objective truth, listen, there's going to be an objection to that truth. Come on, have you experienced this? Come on, you're walking in truth. Come on, and somebody objects to the truth, come on, that you're walking in. Jesus set me free. Oh, did he really? Yes, he did. Well, how do I? Because I haven't touched alcohol in 10 plus years. Or listen, God put my marriage back together. Let me tell you about the truth that I'm walking in. Wherever there's an absolute truth, there will be someone telling you you're absolutely wrong. Wherever you find the absolute truth, there will be a lie trying to talk you out of it. Deuteronomy 32, 4, one of my favorite verses. He is the rock. His work is perfect, for his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Listen, we have to understand that there is no right way outside of God apart from what God has determined is right. John 4, 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in what? We know the verse. You see, when the God of truth is the object of my worship. Everything in my life that is false must yield to the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of me. When the God of truth is the object of my worship, all my feelings, all my feelings, listen, how many know sometimes, listen, we've got to, come on, we've got to tell our feelings what to do. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. In other words, he was talking to his soul. He was trying to encourage. Listen, how many know David struggled too? But he said, soul, you're going to bless him. And listen, that's what we have to do. How many know sometimes Sunday morning you have your worst fights as a family? Come on, you have your, come on, most intense discussions on your way to church. (laughs) But how many know, listen, when you walk in, Come on, when you walk in, we've got to put those feelings aside. Come on. And listen, we got to put our feelings, our opinion, we got to put all that aside. Why? Because we're about to encounter an ultimate reality, come on, that can shape this reality down here. God, things aren't going well. Things aren't going good. Things are rough in my relationship. Things are rough in my home. Things are rough in my job. But God's inviting us, and he's saying, come experience an ultimate reality and hear what I'm saying. Hear the truth that I'm speaking over your life. Listen, don't stay stuck. Don't get caught in a rut. God is saying, I'm pulling you out on the other side. But there's three truths. There's three ways that truths can be counterfeited. And I'm going to stop here after I give these to you. I got about 10 pages left of my message. The thing is we, we settle for things that are less than truth. This is how we get God right. We have to acknowledge that we don't always have things right. That I might actually have something wrong. 
<laughs> that, that, that thing that I learned in college, listen, may not be ultimate truth. Hello? I, I'm preaching right now because I went, I went to junior college. And listen, because I had a filter, because I had a foundation, because I went to a discipleship training center two years before I went to junior college, listen, everything that was taught, listen, I didn't let that all get in my spirit. I didn't let that get in my mind. I didn't let the professor talk me out of my relationship with God. I didn't even care what they thought. Listen, that thing was filtered through the truth, the ultimate reality. But there's three ways that truth can be counterfeited. In our, we settle for less. We settle for number one, normative truth. Normative truth is what we experience or can experience in a group or whatever a group agrees is true. Come on, how many know it's not hard these days to find someone who will agree with your opinion on how you feel? But just because you found a group, come on, that agrees with you doesn't mean it agrees with God. God is the standard of truth. Everything, come on. Everything must be filtered through scripture, not culture. Everything, even Christian books. Did you know? Come on, a lot of Christian books, come on, are written against a lot of what we believe. I'm talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And yet there are top-selling books that you tell you the gifts are not for today. Come on, put no, so when you walk in here and you encounter the presence of God and people are crying on the floor and people are shaking and people are getting set free, you'll be like, well, I don't know if that's God or not. Well, I don't know. You guys still with me? I have no idea what I'm going to preach next service. <laughs> we find these groups, and if we're not careful, a lot of times we will surround ourselves with a group of people that are gathering around the lowest common denominator instead of the highest good of our life. Instead of people calling us up, come on, we're allowing the group to call us down. Well, it's okay to smoke weed if you're a Christian. Well, when I was growing up, and I wasn't even a believer, come on, they said, this is your brain on drugs, and they put an egg on a frying pan. So what changed? Do you guys remember that commercial? Crack an egg, fry it on. This is your brain on weed. I wasn't even saved, and I believed it. Still smoked it, but I believed it. Normative truth, listen, will lead you to a nominal life. Normative truth, come on, just trying to find a group that will just agree with everything. 
will lead you to a nominal life. Secondly, subjective truth. And if I could have the band come up, I'm going to land the plane. Subjective truth is, is what we hear today. It, it, we hear it like this. This is my truth. This is how an individual sees or experiences the world. <clears throat> the staff know this, knows this about me. I'm a big customer service guy. So if I go to a restaurant and I have bad service, you're off my list. I do, isn't that true? And I'm not going to throw any restaurant under the bus because I want you to try the bad restaurant. You tell me. There's certain restaurants I won't go to. And as a staff, we, go to, we try to go to lunch together for once a week. And they'll say the name of that restaurant. And I'll say, nope. They'll say, come on, it's so good. And I'm like, not when I went. No, 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 no. Pat, give it another chance. Pastor Dick, give it another chance. Someone will make a suggestion and I'll say, nope. But how many know? Come on, my truth, my experience at that restaurant could keep me from tasting really, really good food. Because <laughs> I went on the grand opening. Come on, when it was packed. Come on, my food wasn't already, they, were, they, they had barely any food on the plate. It was packed out. I didn't get the customer service. I didn't get the attention I wanted. So I just checked the box and said, you know what? My truth is that restaurant is not good. <laughs> but my truth can blind me from the real truth. And then lastly, and I'm going to close with this. The last counterfeit is relative truth. Relative truth is the belief that there's no absolutes. This is the world we live in. There's no right and wrong. There's no moral or immoral. You just do what you think is right. You just do what you feel is right. How many know God doesn't call us feelers? He calls us believers. You are the ultimate standard for right and wrong. Just do as you please. If it feels good, do it. But Judges 17, 6 says, In those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Relativism. No right, no wrong. And listen, if there's no absolutes, come on, then there are no attributes. If there's no absolutes, then there's no God. But that can't be. Because he operates in an ultimate reality. And when I gaze upon who he is, I become more like him. Come on, as I love him. Come on, as I respond to his love for me and I love him. Come on, how you know my life oozes with his love? Come on, as I gaze upon him.
Come on, as I lean in. Come on, how you know. Come on, his truth gets in my inwardmost parts. And I begin to get places that were wrong in my life. And God begins to set them straight and begins to put me on a path. Come on, where the righteous, come on, how you know the path of the righteous will shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. We're going to get God right. Come on, if you're going to get God right, listen, this is what we've got to do. If we're going to get God right, we've got to get our gaze right. Can you stand with me for a moment? And will you take a moment just to gaze upon him? Listen, I believe there have been voices. There have been lies. Come on, there has been deception. Come on, things that you have believed that are not true about you. And God is saying, I am the glory and I am the lifter of your head. Listen, I don't want you to look down. I want you to look up right now. Just look up. If you want to close your eyes, listen, close your eyes, but get your head up. Lord, I gaze upon you. I gaze upon you. Listen, in order to get God right, how many know we have to get right? Can you just lift your hands and just say, God, I yield my life to you. Come on, every struggling place in your life, come on, just give that to him right now. Come on, make him the object of your worship and come on, subject your feelings to him and give him a sacrifice of praise right now. Lord, we thank you. God, we worship you. Come on, he's casting down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every argument against your purpose. Every argument against the plan of God. Every argument against what he has for your life. We're bringing it under into captivity in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, can I get a shout in here today? Come on, can I get a shout in here today?